in the words of the great Keith Jackson, Whoa, Nelly! Holy smokes, back on the air. This is Spear for City Limits. My name is John Dale, broadcasting from the corner of Canyon and Jackson in sunny, sunny Spear for South Dakota. You know, I don't do this professionally, but I do find it rather easy. For some reason, I got the gift of gap. Wasn't always that way. Boy, was I a shy little bugger. The littlest thing would just give me the these anxiety pangs, and that carried forward into adulthood, actually. Still, even to this day, when I go out into crowds, I always get really nervous. It's undiagnosed agoraphobia. I think it's agoraphobia. I, I, it's just fear of crowds, but it's brought about by a substantiated belief that everybody's out to get me. See, that's what it is. It's, it's not everybody. It's just the FBI, and CIA, NSA, the Mossad. <laughs> but I'm in my comfortable little studio here right now. I don't have pangs and anxiety and fear. And as you know, as I go out more and get back out into the circuit a little bit and start to reconnect with some of my old friends and acquaintances, that anxiety tends to go away a little bit. And I think everybody experiences that to some degree. So I'm not too worried and you should not be either. Spear for City Limits Project. I'm starting to call it the Spear for City Limits Project now because we have a theme song. So once you got a theme song, I think you got to step up your game a little bit in terms of your name of your thing. You know, there are actually some people out there who don't believe that I did the drums on that. You believe that shit? They're like, no way, dude. He's lying. That guy's just a liar. And I'm not sure if they mean like they like know that I like to take naps in the afternoon. I'm a liar. Or do they think I'm untruthful? Isn't that something how quickly people are to judge sometimes? Well, that's what this is about, I think. This is an exercise in temperance and patience. It's an exercise in common sense and using good judgment, trying to use good judgment. Nobody's perfect, man. It's also an exercise in maybe not being too quick to judge people and situations and things. And that's why we've actually gotten quite a bit right. In hindsight, the CDC came out, admitted that the shots don't work. Now the number one cause of death in Canada is something like unknown. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's not these uh, experimental shots that they gave people that are giving people myocarditis and all sorts of other crazy stuff. There's young athletes, young people just keeling over dead on the sports field. And it's being covered up by the media because the media gets their money from Big Pharma, who made billions and billions of dollars from these shots. And I'm supposed to believe my life is in danger for telling the truth about that. But I would say that the executives of these companies, their lives are truly in danger. I bet they spend a good part of their money on security. I don't really spend a lot of my money on security. Just telling the truth about stuff like this and, you know, exercising some judgment too. The timing of these things is important. Do you tell the truth to maximize damage and pain for people? Or do you tell the truth and make it as timely as possible to maximize the good and and to minimize pain. Uh, there's, you know, there's all kinds of strategic considerations that go into an opportunity to speak to this many people. We don't, 
release content every day. We're not on a 24-hour news cycle here. So we don't drive our traffic like that. But we do get into our own cycles, and we're, we're about to head into another one now. And when we do that, what I've found is an exponential increase in the number of people who become interested. They like to have a break. People like to have a break from this intensity every once in a while. And when you do that, it like builds muscles so we can all come back stronger and spread the word about this great information and this great service that we've all created here together. Without anybody to listen to this, it may as well not exist. If a bear shits in the woods and there's nobody there to hear it, has he, well, hold on, bad example. Comedy, comedy helps us deal with our shit, doesn't it? Just some laughter, a spoonful of laughter helps some of this crazy medicine go down because we know what happened, right? We definitely know what happened. Hold on, I got this new phone. It's really loud. We're just going to let that go to voicemail. We know what happened. We had the uh, COVID hoax that came in right around the same time as they installed 5G in Wuhan, China. You can look that up. I think it's a Forbes article. They installed 5G on October 31st, 2019. On Halloween, they installed 5G in Wuhan, China, where the virus supposedly originated from. But we know from Dr. Francis Boyle that that virus came out of a bioweapons lab in North Carolina, was transferred under Fauci to Wuhan. This is all public knowledge for the people who have the courage to address it. No mainstream media addresses it. This is public. It's easily accessible, and our our local newspaper hasn't touched the story. Are they cowards or are they in on it? I don't know. I'm not sure what the hell's going on with the editorial staff over there. But they failed to warn the public about these shots that don't work. And they're still pushing them. They're pushing them for kids and infants. And then meanwhile, we have people going around our community saying, save the children. Make sure pot stays illegal. Pot, 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 pot. You potheads using that, banding about that term. Throwing it about like in a denigrating fashion like, you hairy cracker. You're just nothing but a hairy cracker, John. Don't say that. That's going to hurt my feelings. You make my feel bad hurt. (laughs) Come on, man. Seriously. Get your heads in the game here. So they brought in this virus. Then, of course, they had to do the mail-in ballots. And everybody knew, oh, mail-in vote fraud on both sides of the aisle, it was determined, was the main way that you can have a fraudulent election with mail-in ballots. The Constitution says you hold your elections on November 3rd. And they were counting ballots weeks after that election. New ones. They were accepting new ones. It's all on tape, man. It was the biggest criminal sting in the history of the world. Totally busted. But there were so many people involved who thought they were fighting fascism, right? Trump, the racist guy who was pals with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and um, Don King and all sorts of black people before he wanted to be president. But he's a racist. The the woman hater, the guy who treats his wife like a queen, the misogynist fascist, the guy who wants to put America first and prevent people from continuing to raid our treasury and take our country's money, money that should be circulating in our economy to support American jobs for Americans. Incredible operation. So once they got the mail-in ballots in, then it was on. 
They enlisted the services of certain people in the post office to make sure that those ballots made it to their destinations. And then once the ballots got to those destinations, they were counted after the fact. And when somebody tried to audit it in Arizona, they found a lot of stuff. But what do you, what do, you do? There's so much inertia to that. You just have to accept that the deep state is running things. It's not Joe Biden, the resident in the White House. He's not the president. You'll never convince me that he was duly elected, and I actually have the evidence. A lot of people said that about Trump. Trump increased his vote total over five years ago. It wasn't fraud. Go look at his rallies. Look how many people attended his rallies. Trump is a phenomenon. He's an America first phenomenon. And it ain't about Trump, okay? It's not about that guy. It's about getting our treasury back so that we can redirect that money from, say, oh, I don't know, Ukraine and Iran to the United States, bro. That money needs to be invested in the United States, not in other countries. And certainly it should not be invested in foreign wars or stealing elections. But you steal the election, you get the treasury, deep states in there. Joe Biden's not the president, but he's providing cover for them. That's my opinion. Don't listen. I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for rallies even. I'm calling for you to recognize the truth so that we can encroach slowly together peacefully through our own process to demonstrate the power of the constitution to fix this problem. Another beautiful outcome of this was that cowards like John Thune, I'm going to say it, Mike Pence, totally outed. They had all the information they needed to stop and take a stand for the country. And they didn't. And that'll be forever in the minds of the 80 million people and their descendants who watched that in slow motion. Those who won't die from that shot. So once the mail-in ballots were there, they're counting the ballots at 4 a.m. There's like these trucks of ballots just getting dropped off that are Xerox copied. There's Sharpie Gate in Arizona. There's the fake water main break in Georgia. There's the expulsion of the poll Republican poll workers in Pennsylvania. The guy holding the cardboard up over the window and on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. It was... It wasn't even a, a, I can't even like respect the operation. It was so goddamn sloppy. I mean, I mean, in a way you could almost say, well, I respect such an incredible lot. No, dude. No, the whole thing. And the farther it goes, the longer it goes, the worse it's going to get. I don't believe the history books can possibly ignore that period from October, 2019 on through 2021, after the steal, after Pence certified a fraudulent election because he's a coward. I, I don't think... Uh, and then the death shot's trying to cover it up. Can you imagine if you've heard of this artificial intelligence social credit score system where they use a computer to look at all the attributes of your life to give you a green light or a red light? Hey, this is a guy we want around, right? He's a good little slave. He's a dumb little slave, dumb little bovine human being, does what we tell him, give him the green light. No, this guy, he's a patriot, America first patriot. He wants to own his own business and raise his family. 
be autonomous and agent, connect himself to God, he gets a red light. Now, who sees that? Who sees that green light? Could be a judge, could be a school admissions officer, could be a nurse administering a vaccine. We have a credible report out of, I believe, a Walgreens or a CVS in North Carolina. You can look look this up. You can Google. Uh, I think it was a CVS administers saline. So they were caught administering saline in the southeastern United States instead of shots to some people. It was just saline. Now, I don't know if that those people are heroes because they knew what was up and they were trying to save people or if they were selectively administering a shot based on someone's social credit score. That's what's on my mind. And so on and on and on, and we've got the goods on these people, and like the people in the know are coming out of the woodwork, the people with true power, networks, the ability to convene like a Nuremberg trial, it's coming. Will it ever come to fruition? We're not sure because there's a... a, great and mighty fight happening right now between patriots and this deep state bureaucracy that's being puppeted ultimately by China, in my view. And the latest thing now is, you know, there's the monkey butt pox and all these distractions happening. Trump's place was raided. You know, the FBI is out of control. Basically, the FBI director Trump hired Man's not perfect. He's just not perfect, is he? But he's trying to create a big tent and trying to create a tenable solution that does not require we imprison half of our population or kill him. So what's happening now? The great distraction is this thing in Ukraine. We're sending billions of dollars over there, raiding the treasury. Something like 30% of it is making it to the Ukraine. And Ukrainian officials, 70% for the big guy, I suppose. And now we're, we're getting goaded into this conflict with Russia. World War I was around the time when Great Britain and its imperial entities were fully infiltrated into China. And then World War I hit and just devastated the West, just absolutely devastated Great Britain, the United States, and others. And you know what? I think didn't it take its toll on Russia too? Then World War II and so that would have, World War I would have pulled and retracted British influence from China. So who's that benefit? China. World War II devastated Russia. I mean, absolutely devastated Russia to the point where it's still in their genetic and cultural memory. They get born to fight fascism in Russia. And Russia is on China's border. So destabilizing Russia would have been a primary outcome of World War II that benefited who? Benefited China. And there were some other skirmishes and conflicts around the globe. And then comes Korea on China's border. Benefited China to destabilize Korea and Vietnam. World War II, I should also mention, neutralized Japan, who was actively attacking and trying to take over China and winning. Absolutely destroying Huge sections of population in China. Japan was, dare I say, fucking China up bad. And then they got goaded into World War 
two with that false flag at Pearl Harbor. And I'm thinking China benefited from Pearl Harbor, ultimately, because Japan was neutralized. Manchukuo. So then after Vietnam, we had a little bit of a break, but there was like, what was in there, Nicaragua, and then there wasn't there something going on, like Iran-Contra and stuff. So there was some, some things going on, but not like a major, major conflict like Korea. But then comes the Middle Eastern sand wars on the heels of what appears to have been a Mossad-executed operation against the Twin Towers in New York. Survey that evidence, open your mind. There were three buildings that fell that day, and I'm not sure how a a uh, pilot who failed his test in a Cessna could do that with an airplane and crash into the Pentagon as per. Plus, some scant videos appear to show a missile hitting the Pentagon, and it hit the portion of the Pentagon where they were auditing $2.3 trillion that had gone missing in the DOD that was announced by Rumsfeld on the 10th, the day before that attack. So then comes the Middle Eastern sand wars, which, again, that's you know pretty close to China there, and destabilized that region, which was home to a lot of natural resources that benefited China that was growing and hungry for resources after we had outsourced and offshored our manufacturing base to China. So once again, China benefits. So fast forward through the Cold War, long after the pickling of Russia from World War II had cured. Russia's ripe, really ripe after that devastating experience of World War II right now. And so here we are getting goaded into another war to destabilize a country that neighbors China. Who benefits? Do we benefit? I'm not so sure we do. I think China benefits. And you know where they're coming next. They're already here. China is already occupying the United States. Slowly but surely. Methodically. China does not like to fight. China does not believe in heaven or hell. Writ large. They think this is their one shot. This is their one life. And they don't want to screw it up. So they're going to send Americans to die to destabilize the regions that they need to have destabilized. That's a working hypothesis. And I think there's some merit to the idea. There's a lot of merit to that idea, folks. And so I am not for mucking around in a foreign entanglement in the Ukraine, and that's why. I think we're probably just doing the bidding of China again. And China is partnered with this really shady group of folks. I'm not going to go into the details of it because it might just you might just turn the lights off and and not even go there, even though it's probably true. And you know, we just we need to take some stock and understand our cultural history of freedom, the desire of Western civilization to emancipate human beings. In fact, Great Britain was the first to abolish slavery. And we need to get back to our roots here and really reflect heavily on the billions of dollars we're spending in Ukraine to start a war to cover up what is now common knowledge. And that is a global elite class, a global elite banking class, an elitist class. They're not elite, they're elitists. They think highly of themselves and they've inherited great wealth. 
they're using it to redraw borders and try to remake humanity on earth. And everybody knows it thanks to Alex Jones. So now what do we do? What are we going to do? How are we going to move forward? Well, if we can't kill everybody, because 99% of people are rejecting the next round of these death shots, so that's out of the bag. That didn't work. So what do we do? Here comes the fog of war again. Here comes the fog of war again to destabilize China's biggest threat, really. Russia on China's border. It must be difficult for them to deal with because Russia actually is a cradle of one important Western idea, and that is Orthodox Christianity. Now, this this picture, I'm not an expert in this picture, but I do survey the information and try to put together a big picture. This is not the big picture. What I want to do now is transition into from that, um, I guess, ad hoc improv introduction to an article I found on the AmericanConservative.com called Dugan, colon, World War III is coming. Now, this is a Russian guy who's one of Putin's favorite ideologues. He's a philosopher, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his daughter was just murdered. And he is saying some things that seem to be ringing pretty true to this IT guy who went through many jobs and many corporations and public institutions and saw exactly what he's describing. And that is people who are promoted into positions because of their tolerance, because of their race, or because of their tolerance for transgenderism or homosexuality. Not just tolerance of it, but promotion of it. Not necessarily because they were competent in those positions. And when you do that over time, attrition sets in, Incompetence sets in and festers and multiplies and creates an untenable situation and systems that don't work anymore. And it feels like we're right there. So I'm going to go ahead and read through this article and react to it. And for you CIA guys out there who are just loving this money going to Ukraine that's being laundered back to some people in the United States, um, you're going to kill us all, man. You got to stop this and we need to reverse course and we actually need to find our roots and create a meritocracy very quickly and turn over some of these poor management types that we have here in the United States. I mean, it's really urgent. I'm getting a little pent up about it because I like freedom. Putin's favorite ideologue calls for total mobilization of Russia against the decadent West by Rod Dreher. This was written and released September 16th, 2022 at 9.24 a.m. Not sure what time zone. I assume that's going to be one of the U.S. time zones. Did you see the idiotic triumphalism from Anne Applebaum in the wake of Ukraine's recent battlefield triumphs? It's time to prepare for a Ukrainian victory, said a headline. She wrote in the Atlantic in part, quote, But even though the fighting may still take many turns, the events of the past few days should force Ukraine's allies to stop and think. A new reality has been created. The Ukrainians could win this war. Are we in the West really prepared for a Ukrainian victory? Do we know what other changes it could bring? She goes on to fantasize about Putin's fall. Meanwhile, 
Here's Putin's favorite Russian nationalist ideologue, Alexander Dugin, with some rather less sunny words. Remember, you don't have to have agreement with Dugin. Some of what he says is hysterical, but you need to take seriously the fact that very many Russians in power believe it. Here are some excerpts. We are on the brink of World War III, Dugan says, which the West is compulsively pushing for. And this is no longer a fear or expectation. It is fact. Russia is at war with the collective West, with NATO and its allies. Though not with all of them, Turkey and Greece have their own position, and some European countries primarily, but not only France and Italy, do not want to actively participate in a war with Russia. Yet the threat of a third world war is getting closer and closer. Whether it will come to the use of nuclear weapons is an open question, but the probability of a nuclear Armageddon grows by the day. It's quite clear, and many American military commanders, such as the former American commander in Europe, Ben Hodges, openly declare it, that the West will not even be satisfied with our complete withdrawal from the territory of the former Ukraine. We will end up on our own soil insisting on unconditional surrender, according to Jen, Jens Stoltenberg. De-imperialization, according to Ben Hodges. Dismemberment of Russia. In 1991, the West was content with the collapse of the USSR and our ideological surrender, primarily by accepting the Western liberal ideology, political system, and economy under Western leadership. Today, the red line for the West is the existence of a sovereign Russia, even within the borders of the Russian Federation. The AFU's counterattack in the Kharkiv region is a direct attack by the West on Russia. Everybody knows that this offensive was organized, prepared and equipped by the U.S. and NATO military command and took place under the direct supervision of these entities. It is not only the use of NATO military equipment, but also the direct involvement of Western aerospace intelligence, mercenaries, and instructors. In the eyes of the West, this is the beginning of our end. Once we have made a weakness... In the defense of the territories under our control in the Kharkiv region, we can be further defeated. This is not a small success of the Kiev counteroffensive, but the first tangible success of the NATO forces Drang nach Austin. The article goes on to say, is Dugan wrong about NATO's role in helping the Ukrainians? Surely not. You don't have to agree with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I certainly do not. To recognize why the Russians see what the conflict has become as a proxy war by the West on Russia. They're not wrong. And in my opinion, this is John Dale speaking here, this is going to lead to some kind of a nuclear conflict. But if Russia is savvy, and if I'm right that China is puppeting us, the conflict could really be a very unexpected nuke lobbed into Beijing. Think about that. Back to the article. Dugan calls for total Russian mobilization for war. Putin has called the war so far a special military operation to avoid mobilization. Now Dugan says the entire country must be put on war footing. 
we're poking this bear, aren't we? We're poking this bear. By the United States getting involved in this whole conflict, we're poking Russia. We're creating a militarized Russia. A more militarized Russia. The article goes on to say, he talks about the nations of the world who are on Russia's side. It's a rogues gallery. The idea that most of those countries, including China, Iran, Cuba, and Venezuela, offer any kind of desirable future is risable. But the point is not what makes sense to us. If we're going to avoid World War III, we have to think like Russians do. Dugan says, At the heart of the global confrontation that has begun is the spiritual religious aspect. Russia is at war with an anti-religious civilization that fights God and overthrows the very foundations of spiritual and moral values. God, the church, the family, gender, man, with all the differences between orthodoxy, traditional Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, and Buddhism, all religions and the cultures built upon them recognize divine truth, the high spirituality and moral dignity of man, honoring traditions and institutions, the state, the family, and the community. The modern West has abolished all of this, replacing it with virtual reality, extreme individualism, the destruction of gender, universal surveillance, a totalitarian abolition culture, basically a post-truth society. Open Satanism and outright racism flourish in Ukraine, and the West only supports them. We're dealing with what the Orthodox elders call the civilization of the Antichrist. Russia's role is therefore to unite believers of different faiths in this decisive battle. You must not wait for the world enemy to destroy your home, kill your husband, son, or daughter. At some point it will be too late. God forbid we live to see such a moment. The enemy offensive in the Kharkiv region is just that, the beginning of a real war of the West against us, he says. The West demonstrates its intention to start a war of annihilation against us, the Third World War. We must bring together all our deepest national potential to repel this attack with all means, thought, military force, economy, culture, art internal mobilization of all state structures, and each of us. We must bring together, he says, our deepest national potential to repel this attack through all means, including art. Isn't that incredible? To me, that's an incredible statement. He's calling for Russia to create a meritocracy. No pretenders. If you're not the best person to do a job, you don't do that job. The article goes on to say again, the idea that Putin's kleptocracy represents the forces of holiness and decency is absurd. Open Satanism in Ukraine is risable, which means laughable, but open Satanism in Washington is not. Did you see Biden's monkeypox czar? But, you know, I think Dugan is far more right than wrong about the spiritual nature of the West today. To review in particular, quote, 
Russia is at war with an anti-religious civilization that fights God and overthrows the very foundation of spiritual and moral values. God, the church, the family, gender, man, with all the differences between orthodoxy, traditional Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, all religions and all the cultures built upon them recognize divine truth, the high spiritual and moral dignity of man. Honoring traditions and institutions, the state, the family, the community, The modern West has abolished all of this, replacing it with virtual reality, extreme individualism, the destruction of gender, universal surveillance, a totalitarian abolition culture, a post-truth society. The article goes on. You don't have to accept Dugan's claims that Russia is fighting some kind of holy war against this enemy. I emphatically do not to believe that Dugan's description of what the West has become is pretty much on target. Why does this matter? Because all of us in the West need to think about what it is we are defending, what values we are advancing in the world. It's an ugly picture, a picture of desecration and destruction. Hey, man, remember the BLM riots all summer long? Seeing this clearly does not make you a Putinist. It just means you can read the signs of the times. One of my sources for live not by lies, a scientist and anti-communist immigrant to the U.S. from the Soviet bloc told me yesterday. And this is really the crux of this article. And this is the key premise that has to be addressed by by people, especially you CIA guys who are just all against Dugan. You got to stop killing the messenger here and actually address, in my opinion, you got you to address the the key premises. You got to address what's being said. You got to address the point. You can't just say, oh, screw that guy. That's a derangement. You know, screw Trump. Therefore, we don't want America first. That's a derangement. You have to address this key point of the article that I'm getting to right now. And I, cause I've seen it for 20 years. I saw it in it and I still see it today. People being elevated into positions of power Because they're incompetent, not because they are competent. Russia is doing the opposite. And this guy's testimony lends evidence to that notion. I'm not against Russia, by the way. I'm actually not against Russia. I think Russia has the right to be sovereign. They have the right to participate in the world economy with their specialties and trade with their partners. They have a right to resist NATO forming on their border and creating a weird druggy sex pot technocracy right next to them. They know fascism in Russia. From a small power plant substation, it says, to the highest echelons of the government. And this is, of course, according to this guy who's a scientist and anti-communist. He's an immigrant to the U.S. from the Soviet bloc. The key for selecting successful candidates has not been experience or erudition here in the United States, but ideological loyalty and conformity. I'm not talking about HR or PR departments. I'm talking about jobs where intelligence, knowledge, and ethics, not skin color or sexual preference, matter the most. Jobs in medicine, engineering, education, and so on. And he's saying, here in the United States, these jobs are filled by people who are loyal ideologically, not because they're competent not because they're intelligent or knowledgeable or ethical. Believe it or not, people who filled scientific, 
engineering or medical positions under communism were not selected because of their party loyalty, but because of their competence. Even blatant transgressions against the regime were often overlooked. That's the only reason I could study, for example. The commies needed their bridges to stand, their buildings not to collapse, their rockets to fly, their numbers to add up. Yes, they might have been a bit evil, but do I miss their cool rationality? Really? It's quite different now. Even if everybody here somehow stopped living by lies, all would collapse nonetheless. We're done for, says this guy who's a transplant from the Soviet bloc. An anti-communist. He said because we're selecting our employees because they're not ethical, they're ideologically loyal to bad ideas, and they're just conformist yes-men who don't push back, do what they're told, and take their paycheck, he says we're done for. And the article ends with these three terrifying words, God help us. My name is John Dale. You've been listening to Spearfish City Limits. This is a special presentation. Thank you for joining me. You know, they used to say on G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle. So if you're in a position to hire and fire people, take this to heart. Find people who are unabashedly, unapologetically ethical. Good at what they do. Intelligent. Knowledgeable. I don't know, man. There may be a chance. I always try to beware of propaganda. So I always leave room for that. But at the same time, complacency is also the enemy. Spirit of City Limits broadcast from the corner of Canyon and Jackson in Spirit of South Dakota. It is a production of Plainstribune.com. If you want to support the broadcast, please do drop a tip in the tip jar. You can send a check or money order or cash in some... Uh, aluminum foil or something in an envelope if you really want to to 239 West Jackson Boulevard Spearfish South Dakota 57783 address that to John Dale aka Mr. Awesome I don't know Mr. Not a professional broadcaster but really enjoys getting the word out about important stuff we'll be back around the bend with more great content soon I want you to make sure you enjoy the rest of this fall, okay? It's going to be beautiful, but work hard. But also recognize some people are just better at stuff than other people. And those people need to be elevated to positions of authority. They need to be made our leaders. Have a great day, everyone.